Welcome to Witham Sounding Board, a podcast sharing powerful business tips, insights, and trends for those seeking to become a rock star in their industry. Welcome to Witham's Perspectives from the Bankruptcy Cliff, where we provide our perspective on various questions related to insolvency and bankruptcy affecting individuals and businesses. I'm Ken DeGraw. I will be the host for this session. I'm a member of Woodman's Forensic Evaluation Services Group. Our team focuses on the unique needs of individuals and businesses going through a reorganization process, experiencing financial distress, or considering bankruptcy as an option. Today, I'm joined by Missy Urban, who's also a member of the team, to get her perspective on receiverships. We do need to start out by reminding everyone that the information you're about to hear is general in nature and should not be acted upon without the advice and counsel of qualified legal representation and financial advisors who can evaluate your unique circumstances. So let's get started. Welcome, Missy. Now, hey, Ken. obviously receiverships are not actually bankruptcy. They're, they're outside of bankruptcy. So let's talk a little bit about what, what is the role of a receiver? Right, Ken, it's not a bankruptcy only function, but as a general concept, you're talking about a receiver, um, they're put in place for asset management and in the context of bankruptcy can be used for reorganization. They can have roles that differ depending on if it's pre-judgment, post-judgment, um, and what their responsibilities would be under each of those contexts. But as a general concept, a receiver is really uh, put in place to manage the assets uh, that are currently before the court. Got it, got it. Um, so you mentioned a court. So how does a, a receiver actually get appointed and, and what's their authority? Right. So a, a receiver is appointed uh, by a judge. I mean, it's, it's that simple, um, but yet that complex because it is state law driven. So you're going to be looking at uh, what authority they're given is going to be what the judge deems appropriate. The judge will issue a court order that will specifically outline and detail what the role of that particular receiver is. So it could be differ. It could differ in each case um, depending on what the court's need is, what the role they need that receiver to do, um, and what's currently before the court. Gotcha. So there's there's another term out there I've heard quite a bit. Um, so let me back up. We've got. Three roles here. Um, one we've talked about in some of our other podcasts, a trustee, the receiver we're talking about here, and then there's also a special fiscal agent. Can you kind of separate those three for us and, and explain how they're different? Sure. They, I mean, there's different titles, different roles for different reasons. So we're looking at a situation um, depending on what you're trying to accomplish. So as you've mentioned in previous podcasts, there's we've talked about a trustee. Um, that's a statutory appointment, um, and they become a fiduciary of the bankruptcy estate. We've, we will discuss today here the receiver, and again, that authority and their role is deemed by the judge that's going to issue the order as to how much the breadth and their involvement in the, the matter before the judge. And then you have uh, a unique individual who would be a special fis fiscal agent who is very similar to a receiver, um, but their authority is a little bit more limited because you know you hear special fiscal agent, I have difficulty even saying it, um, and it implies that it's related to disbursements, money, cash receipts, and disbursements. So their focus really on that fiscal uh, responsibility. And a receiver is a little bit more broad than that in a, in a very typical circumstance. And like I mentioned before, the trustee has um, statutory responsibilities as set forth under the code. Gotcha. 
Thank you. Um, so you, you mentioned the, or, the order a couple of times. So let's talk about that. What, what, what does this order consist of and what specifically can a receiver do? Yeah, you know, yeah, I keep mentioning it because it really is nothing, you know, that I can say one, two, three, this is what they can do. This is court ordered for which there's a breadth of uh, potential um, responsibilities they may have. They can remove individuals that may be an officer or director of a company. They can take somebody out of management. If this is what the judge deems appropriate and necessary, they'll give them that authority. They can take control of assets, which would require, you know, assuming assets, just, um, disposing of assets. They have access to locations where these an individual may operate their business. Um, they can enter into contracts. I mean, that's, that's a broad authority where they can actually enter or cancel contracts, uh, engage mm -hmm. to, to further move the business along or not, or, you know, or cancel something that they don't want to move along. Um, they can even bring in professionals, other professionals that they deem necessary to employ other attorneys, uh, attorneys or accountants, um, you can have appraisers. They're going to try to, you know, they're going to be making payments or disbursements because that's their role to manage the assets. Uh, and, and this list can go on depending on, again, what the judge wants, what the court needs. Uh, it even extends as far as issuing subpoenas, opening bank accounts. Uh, and they're going to also be like the bookkeeper. They're going to maintain the records of receipts and expenditures because they're going to be held with accounting for all of that which they're doing uh, under the under the court order. Wow. Sounds like a lot. Um, so this this person sounds like they're they're pretty well involved. Now, how do, how is it that they get paid? Is the the court system pay for all this? You know, uh, they don't actually. Uh, while the court may issue the order, it's really going to come from the corpus of the estate that they're managing or that their you know the receivership uh, is over over. So the organization that they're overseeing. Um, the, the assets and all of that, which they're managing, that's where the payment's gonna come from. And what really happens in this circumstance is that they have priority over other claims because you know you don't wanna be in a role of a receiver, do all of this work and then be at the, the bottom of the list and getting paid. Because presumably, you know, there may not be enough funds to pay throughout the list. So they do get the priority over other claims, which is part of what is being ordered in the court order. Gotcha. So final question for you then. So a, a, a business that may find themselves in litigation or maybe even some matrimonial, um, uh, what, what are some of the benefits of utilizing a receiver in, in, a, in a matter? Yeah, so a receiver really, you know, as, as I keep repeating over, is, is the scope is with the court order. So that is limited in time uh, and their ability to do certain things. Um, so you have that sort of fixed period that you know they're going to be involved in this and what their responsibilities will be. And then, you know, you look at it from all the parties uh, involved in such a matter where, where there's going to be a receiver appointed. The court system obviously can benefit from having someone administer the estate, someone who may have a more specialized knowledge, someone who um, can get more hands on than the court's resources would allow for them to do. You have the creditors who obviously have an interest in getting um, you know, getting paid, getting as much as they can of what they're owed. So this is an individual who can act under judicial immunity to get that collection done and not have to have all the outside interference because the court order will give them that specific authority to do what they need to do. And from the debtor's perspective, you know, um, obviously it's a tough situation for a debtor to have a receiver appointed, but you're looking at an organized handling of your assets. So there would be uh, protection from other creditors, from overzealous creditors, 
um, you as the debtor will know based on the confines of the court order, you know, what, what's going to be expected of the receiver. And, and you'll have that before you. Well, it won't be the perfect answer. It'll be somewhat of a, a give you some assurance that you know what they're going to be doing because it'll be clearly outlined what their role and responsibilities are. And you won't have that outside interference um, in the handling of the matter. Cool. Awesome. Appreciate that. Thank you very much, Missy. Hope everyone found the information on receiverships helpful. Should you have any specific questions regarding your unique circumstances, please reach out to a member of our team. Our contact information can be found at withem.com under Forensic and Valuation Services. This episode, as well as others in the series, can also be found at withem.com. Thank you for listening to Withem's Perspectives from the Bankruptcy Club. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be first in line to hear what's coming next. Don't want to wait for our next episode? Check us out at witham.com. That's W-I-T-H-U-M.com.